doubts of brown paper. Sounds that we bring are of a different nature. Rhythms get greater, and the rhythms they get greater. Yes, another of us are full for the chaser. New configuration, new rip, and new structure. Built on the frame that'll hold and won't puncture. Tight, we wrap it up, it's wrapped tightly. CBN FM Ann Arbor. You hand off his box, a box of chocolates. Would I know to stay away? What's that? Hand off his box, a box of chocolates. Would I eat? them anyway cause every time I have half a mind to leave you babe that means I have half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor good evening this is Mike how you doing Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food every Thursday at 630 and today because it's summer and because everybody's traveling this is a show about food and travel and weirdness and well, beauty. Yeah, that's it. Food, travel, weirdness, beauty. Yeah, I got all four. I'm going to talk to a couple of friends of mine about experiences they had traveling in restaurants or perhaps behind restaurants and experiencing weirdness and beauty. But first of all, let's get started with Ginger. That's a food reference. Ginger, or Tina Louise, who played Ginger on Gilligan's Island, with a song that is apropos of apropocity, a song that she recorded in 1957. This is Tina Louise, and this is who she is. Dinner is ended, the music is grand, softly the lanterns gleam, isn't it splendid to sit hand in hand, silently lost in a Across the table While the lights are low Though you hush your lips Your fingertips Tell me you 
across the table meet so tenderly and they say That was the sound of Tina Louise, a.k.a. Ginger. Not Marianne, not the professor, but Tina Louise. And that, in fact, was Hands Across the Table, Hands Against the Sky. No, that's Paul McCartney. That is from an album entitled, uh, it's called, uh, I can't read it. This is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM in Arbor. The album is called It's Time for Tina. And it's time for food, and that's why we're here at Pandora's Lunchbox. What we're doing today is we're going to talk to some friends about some experiences they had in the world of restaurants, behind restaurants, just outside of restaurants, in restaurants, and certain things like that. And we're going to, a friend of mine is coming right up the walk, and we're going to hear from them in just a moment about an experience they had in a restaurant. My friend is now in the studio. Hi there. Hi. It's Luba. How you doing? How are you, Mike? I'm good. Luba, you have an experience that you had on a recent uh, trip that I thought would be very interesting to talk about. Uh, you went to? Riverside, California. Okay. And why did you go there? Uh, because it was uh, my best friend's wedding. And you were the maid of honor, I believe, right? That's correct. I was the maid of honor for many reasons. There was one maid, so I guess this makes you the maid of honor. Okay. And while you were there, you had a little bit of time free when you're busy doing a wedding, but... Uh, yeah, well, after the wedding, you have all the time in the world free to yourself. Right. And you're a little buzzed, and you're not uh, fit <laughs> to drive, and uh, you walk around Riverside, California, which is a nice little town. I recommend it to anyone. They have a nice walk street covered with oranges, lots of oranges, all painted oranges. But if you leave that... Wait, uh, how, how big are these oranges? They're huge. They're, they're human-sized oranges. They're papier-mâché oranges. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, there's a movie, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which is not really uh, an A-movie, A-list movie, or one of the greatest movies of all time, but these were not killer oranges, were they? Um, They looked pretty peaceful to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were killer oranges in, in another sense. They were killer as in awesome? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So killer as in awesome. Massive oranges, some painted in beautiful ways, right? Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Painted in, in all imaginable kinds of ways. Okay. Um, And apparently there are people in Riverside, California, who like to let their imagination go loose. That sounds like a plan. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So you were walking through Riverside. 
Correct. Residential areas. And then there is a place called Tio's Tacos. Tio's Tacos. Tio's Tacos. We're talking about Tio's Tacos in Riverside, California. Um, I looked at it, and I looked at it again, and I thought, well, I don't know what this is. Maybe I shouldn't walk in. Is it? Why, why did you have that feeling? Oh, because it it had a lot of, I mean, it, 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 had, it was a small building with a huge yard, it seemed like, and an even, even larger backyard hmm. with strange objects sticking hmm. out of the trees and the fence, <laughs> and uh, there seemed to be, like, um, wired sculptures here and there, and papier-mâché um, parrots in the trees, Wow. And, uh, yeah. So uh, you thought to yourself, you may not need a taco, but you may need to walk in. Correct. Correct. So I walked in from the backyard, and I found myself in an enchan- enchanted garden. Wow. Yeah. It's called a water garden, where water flows in all possible ways through plants that are also planted in a rather chaotic, jungle-like way. Okay. Um. So, in in that garden there is a there is a sign in in English and in Spanish stating that uh, children are either not welcome, and if they are there, they should be accompanied by a responsible adult. Hmm. Okay. Okay. When you pass that garden, you find yourself surrounded by those tiled tables, Mexican style tiled tables. Okay. And you see a structure in front of you, and you don't believe your eyes. You you. You you believe like like for a moment that you were hallucinating, because you see I mean it's it's like everything that I would describe as a chapel. Okay. But it's not wood. It's not brick. It's not marble. It's not any material that chapels are usually made of. It's a chapel made of beer bottles. <laughs> beer bottles stuck in cement. Wow. Uh-huh. And they 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 they're they're stuck in a very artful, very concise way. You see patterns. Um the chapel is small but big enough for anyone to walk in. It has benches, it has an altar, it has icons. The frames of the icons are um the caps of beer bottles. Wow. So And that's what you saw. Wow. This is what I saw. And what did you do? I took pictures. A lot of pictures? Uh, yeah, a good amount of pictures. It was in the middle of the day, very hard light, um, very difficult. I mean, glass is difficult to take pictures of to start with, but when the light is as harsh as it is at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. In California? In California, Southern California. Yeah, you, you take a lot of pictures to, to, to get something decent out of this. And how long did you stay there? Um, The whole afternoon. <laughs> Hours and hours and hours. Hours and hours and hours. I did have a taco, but just to be able to question the staff about about the plates. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to ask if you had a taco. I did have a taco. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And maybe two tacos even. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Tio's Tacos. Tio's Tacos. In Riverside, California. Mm -hmm. Whereabouts is Riverside? Uh, It's about uh, one hour east of L.A. If you take... I-10 East, and then just um, swerve off of it and take 60 East. It will take you right down the riverside. There are more convoluted ways, but I'll, I'll skip them. 
Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, what did it feel like being in a in a chapel made of beer bottles? Just being inside, what did it feel like? It felt like um, it was unreal, but then I knew it was real. <laughs> Technically. Technically, it was real. You know what it felt like? It felt like being back at the Burning Man. The Burning Be- Man. Oh, yes. Wow. Because... Um, chapel made of beer bottles and all the objects and, and the garden outside and everything. It just was strongly reminiscent of what people do at the Burning Man. A few weeks later, I mean, I, 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 I talked to other people about what I saw and luckily they had seen the same thing. Luckily. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't hallucinating in any way. And, and I have my pictures too. And, uh, they said that, oh, this is, this is so Mexican. But I never knew that they did stuff like this in Mexico. Building chapels out of uh-huh. different materials? Mm-hmm. Beer. Include, including beer bottles. Found objects? Yeah, yeah. This is what Susan's husband, Nick, said. Susan is uh, the woman who got married, and mm-hmm. Nick is the husband. Right? No, Nick is the husband, yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Luba, thank you for uh, sharing that with us. Well, Mike, thanks for having me over. Yeah, I wish that uh, you could look at your radio and see it. But maybe if you look up T.O.'s Tacos on the Web in Riverside, maybe I'll have to look for that pretty soon. Well, speaking of beer, we're going to play a tune about beer indirectly. This is Amos Milburn and One Scotch, One Bourbon, One Beer, and it goes like this. Thank you, Amos Milburn, for consoling us. But I have another friend who went to Germany and had a unique experience. Instead of behind the restaurant, this time they were in front of the restaurant and stayed there for an unusually long amount of time for being at a restaurant, and they had this experience. Uh, Richie? Hi, Mike. Hi there. So you took a vacation in Germany with your fiancé, correct? Yes, she became my fiancé while we were there, actually. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So you did some fun things in Germany, including sleeping at a castle. Which we did on our first night, where we became engaged, and I became a fiancé, as did she, Emily. Cool. Um, Yep, and we we spent some time in a kind of industrial area of Germany, doing a little bit of research on post-industrial landscapes, Hmm. uh, which was fun. And then we went to Berlin, which was very cool. And you went to a restaurant, I understand. We did. We went to an interesting restaurant. It was uh, sort of north, uh, northeast of a place called Hackershire Markt. That 
pronunciation was butchered. But anyway, it's a kind of fun sort of lively shopping and eating and area. Um, so yeah, so we went to this restaurant and we got there and it was a nice night. And the way it works is you, you sort of come in and you can sit down and you can have a drink if you like. Um, and they bring you a menu and you look over the menu. Now, are you in the restaurant yet or are you? You're actually just outside the restaurant. So there's a sort of lobby area where there is a bar. Um, but there's kind of like a almost it's almost like a concierge desk where there's oh, okay. a host a host is greeting you okay. and uh, and you can go and you can sit inside or you can sit outside which we did because it was a nice night but you're sort of waiting before you actually go into the restaurant but it's different in that sense in that they give you the menu to look at before you go into the restaurant okay and so we decided to start looking over the menu, and um, you're not given quite as much information to go on as on most menus. Okay. So, uh, basically, you can choose from vegetarian, meat, poultry, or fish, and from there, uh, it's basically, you know that it's a four-course meal. But as far as what is actually in those four courses... Uh, it's sort of a mystery. So it's kind of written like riddles, and you, <laughs> it's it's really bizarre. And so you, you're looking at this, and you sort of know, okay, well, I'm going to get a salad, and I'm going to get a soup, and an entree, and a dessert. But from there, it's anybody's guess, actually, what those what what food will be on your plate at each of those individual courses. I don't remember them verbatim, but I remember that our entree was something along something along the lines of and we ordered the vegetarian uh meals um both of us did and it was something along the lines of this noodle was invented by the japanese who um invented a certain type of wheat or or the japanese invented this certain type of wheat noodle many centuries ago and it was something along those lines and that was it and it was sort of all you you knew um and and then you know what they might not have even said noodle. I think that was that might have been too much information. That was too much information, okay. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what did you do next? So from there, um, our our waitress um, was brought out to take us to our table, and usually that's the host's job, but and this is a special kind of restaurant. So um, our waitress, her name was Sandy. She came and she asked um, us, uh, me in particular, to put my hands on her shoulders and then for Emily to put her hands on my shoulders and to take us back to our table. And we formed oh. a little train. On our way to the table, and the reason that uh, Sandy, our waitress, asked us to put our hands on her shoulders and make a train is because we go around several bends, we make several U-turns, three or four approximately, and all the light goes away. Oh. It becomes 100% pitch black. There is zero light in the restaurant whatsoever. There are no oh. cell phones, no lighters, no light at all allowed in pitch this restaurant. 100% pitch black. If you've ever been into a cave or someplace where there is no light, 
it's a very bizarre experience because your eyes are trying to adjust. They, you know, your your pupils dilate and they want light. They're looking for light, but there's nothing. It was a, an incredible experience for us because to walk into a place like that and have um, have to try and feel your way around for your chair and then all of the rest of your utensils and drinks. Um, everybody was speaking German, uh-huh. <laughs> which <laughs> which we don't. So <laughs> so it was a uh, it was a really disorienting uh, experience all around and a complete blast. Wow. And how was the food? The food was okay. It was it was not the best meal we had in Germany, but um, and I think what is sort of the the really fun part about the food is that they they really try and incorporate lots of different textures and flavors. So they're not flavors that really I felt like went terrifically together, but they were definitely really diverse and the textures were really diverse. So you had like something very crunchy and then something very soft and they kind of, you know, so you're really always trying to kind of decipher. And remember, we have no idea what we're eating. (laughs) And so, you know, you're always trying to, it's kind of a fun challenge to decipher what it is you're actually eating. And Emily was, uh, so uh, curious that she actually took some of the food and put it in her purse <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to take out with us so we could see what it was later. Okay. <laughs> uh, was it gooey food or was it uh, was it purse pur- purse friendly food? I mean, well, purse friendly inside of a napkin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And uh, now all the wait staff, all of the wait staff was visually impaired and or blind, completely blind. Okay. And um, and that's, you know, one of the things that makes it such a unique restaurant is that they are all blind. And Sandy in particular was completely blind. And it's just fascinating. And, and sort of I think one of the missions of the restaurant is to try and get you to you know, sort of put yourself in their shoes and it's it's nearly impossible to do in two hours over one meal. But you get this feeling of, you know, what it's like to sort of explore your world spatially through other senses and flavors. And, you know, um, like by the end of the meal, I kind of had a really good sense as to where my beer was. Like I, oh, okay. I felt like my, my my sense of the space around us was was really enhanced much and i i was just paying att- much more attention to it than i would you know at at any, any other restaurant i felt like i was hearing a lot of things i felt like my the sort of like field of hearing was kind of i don't know uh, more stimulating than it usually is mm-hmm. i could hear and one of the other interesting things that the 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 wait staff does um because they can't see each other and nobody can see anybody else actually mm-hmm. is um is they'll sort of give audio uh cues to each other as they're walking so they'll you know clap or they'll snap their fingers or whistle and do little things to sort of let each other know that they're you know I'm on my way or I'm passing by or here's where I am and that right was kind of fun Sandy's voice was like you know, music to our ears when we could sort of hear where she was moving around in the restaurant and kind of, you know, when you're, when you're at your typical restaurant and you kind of see what section your, your, you know, waiter or waitress has, um, you know, this was like, we just had to sort of listen for it and she would kind of come and go and we could hear her. And that's the other fun part is, you know, it's sort of considered rude in most restaurants. And if you've ever worked at one, you sort of know 
you know, to have somebody kind of yell out your name. It's hey, sort you. of Yeah. It's, more water. Yeah, hey, yeah. Yeah. It's sort of condescending. So, but this is sort of, you really encouraged like, Sandy, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so you're sort of encouraged to, to call out for her when you need her for this, that, or the other. It was really, really fun. It, it was just, it was just a really neat experience to sort of put yourself somewhere that is completely disorienting, um, play with your food with your hands, have it be totally sanctioned and okay and encouraged to just kind of, you know, be clumsy and, you know, and also sort of learn something about what it's like for, for someone, you know, who whose senses are impaired be it sight or sound or whatever. And the place is again, what's the place called? It's called Unsichtbar, which I think is a made-up word maybe or sort of like a hybridized word, but we just called it, we translated it as Unsichtbar. Oh, okay. Over the other entrance, over specifically the entrance from the outside courtyard into uh, the restaurant, it says Dunkelbar, um, and that it just means dark. There's a, a style of beer there that's called dunkel, and so that just sort of means dark. So it's kind of like dark restaurant. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. We're just about wrapping up here. We just heard from Richie, who went to Germany to that bar that was staffed by people who were blind or visually impaired, a bar that was pitch dark and his experiences. We also heard earlier from Luba about the chapel that was made of beer bottles and tops of tuna cans and things like that in Riverside, California. And if you go somewhere, make sure you look for things like that because it's important that you see things that may or may not be there or that you don't normally see or, well, I'm not sure what I'm saying, but just do it. Just a final passing thought on things made of beer bottles. There is a website called beeradvocate.com, and there was a discussion on beer and items made with beer bottles and stuff. One respondent said in this discussion, I once made a robot costume for Halloween which had beer caps for knobs and buttons. It also had an insignia of twist my knob to turn me on. Is that art? Another respondent said, I occasionally make beer art at early hours of the morning. It's not very portable, so I call my works installation pieces, and it smells bad. The phrase, you are what you eat, really rings true here, since I am my art. Another respondent said, my friends and I made a beer cap table. We found that Heineken, Magic Hat Number no. 9, and DFH caps work well and complement others. We had a white, red, and blue Chimay cap, so we put that at the center in a little triangle and it worked it from there. Also, with a large number of Jungling caps, we made a Darwin fish with Heineken legs. It turned out better than we expected. It's been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for half an hour. Thank you, Luba, and thank you, Richie. And coming up next, Arbel will help us to face the music. Let's, speaking of beer and Germany and other things, let's go out with the comedian harmonists with their dulcet tones and this tune, Let's Have Another Beer. Shall we? Bum, bum, bum.
Prozent, Prozent, 